0: Welcome to the Guest Editor Q&A, hosted by the Academy of American Poets. I'm Mary Sutton, Senior Content Editor at the Academy, and I'm here with the Guest Editor for June, Joss Charles. Joss is the author of Field and A Year and Other Poems. Joss, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) No problem. All right, let's get into it. How did you approach Curating Poem A Day?
1: You know, it's not the most um, exciting answer, maybe, but I really just asked the poets I like to send me poems. You know? Um, I certainly thought about why and how I came to like the poets I do, right? Um, But the curation of it all was really just quite to my taste. Um, I think there's maybe an attention in my taste uh, toward work that exerts something um, peripheral To whatever is zeitgeisty, you know, in uh, sort of the US poetry world. Um, Or peripheral, or maybe work that moves the center, yeah, nudges, pushes, topples it a little, which is to say, work that, uh, you know, uh, I'm excited by generally, but also here specifically to see it in Poma Day, you know. Um, In short, these are poets who I am hoping to see a book from soon or whose books uh, are already on my shelves.
0: So if you could direct readers to one poem in our collection at poets.org that you haven't curated, what would it be and why?
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of of Bob Kaufman, so I would direct them to I Have Folded My Sorrows by Kaufman. Uh, He was one of the first uh, or nearly the first contemporary poet I read. Um, I was being a California kid. I guess drawn to the beats, and uh, it absolutely just changed what I thought was possible within the space of a poem. It's got this, it's oracular, yet it's gentle. Um, It's got this kind of permanent chiseled on stone kind of quality, and yet it's as light as the air. Um, And I just prefer him so much more to a lot of the other beats he's lumped in with. Um, there's such a sincerity there over kind of the affectation that, that I don't know, Kerouac or someone might have. Um, he was also among the first poets writing from yeah California generally. I read there's a, I'm blanking on the name of the collection, but I had this little uh, anthology of California poets and I remember just being so struck. Um, I think it was the Abominus Manifesto that was in that collection and just it, it blowing my mind. Um, and uh, in this poem specifically, the, and yes, I have, that repeats in that anaphoristic-like way is just so joy-giving to me.
0: I wanna alert our readers to the fact that the uh, abominus Manifesto has just been added uh, to our website. Nice. Um, yeah, Kaufman's wow. work is, is kind of a recent uh, addition to our website. We've long had mm-hmm. uh, a bio page for him, uh, but no poems, uh, which is something we've sought uh, to correct recently. Um, Kaufman's work, that specific poem that you mentioned, um, has recently uh, been included in Poetry in the Creative Mind, uh, our event on April 28th, because our Chancellor Terence Hayes selected it uh, for reading. So so others uh, can also enjoy I Have Folded My Sorrows if they haven't yet read it. So just what are you reading right now?
1: Well, right now I'm in uh sort of a dissertation writing mode for my for my PhD at UC Irvine. So um I'm reading um mostly stuff for that. Uh and and I was trying to think what from there might be exciting to readers, because I, I like uh, honesty, you know. <laughs> so I like I could name things that I'm not actually reading in that fake fake way. But um yeah, uh so uh so, couple of people I thought of as uh, Paul Zumthor's oral poetry, which is really great, um, Jessica Brantley's reading in the wilderness, which um, has to do with sort of the performative aspect of, of uh, manuscripts, um, or Timothy Botti's end of the lyric, ends of the lyric, sorry. Um, I'm also writing about Thomas O'Cliff, uh, whose series is really great and great to read, um, if only for the complaint and dialogue, which are the first two of the five parts. Um, it's not terribly difficult as far as Middle English goes. It's 15th century, so maybe a little closer to Shakespeare or something for for people, and definitely worth taking a look at, and it's online. Um, As far as more contemporary poetry stuff, um, I just read uh, Lucas Klein's co-translated selection of Monke's poems. I'm in the middle of uh, uh, Carlos Lara's translation of Blanca Varela's Rough Song from the Song Cave, which was really, I actually just finished it. Um, It's really excellent. there's like this clarity to, to, to them both, uh, not to lump them in necessarily together, but this kind of rigorous clarity carving down to something crystalline and hard. Um, uh, Renee Gladman's Plans for Sentences, I also read recently, which was really great. Um, yeah, I, I also just started um, reading uh, Steve, the Stephen Jonas Reader, um, it's really, really gorgeous. I, I hadn't been introduced to his work, and Kaveh Akbar, who's in the, who's in this uh, a series, uh, actually introduced me to to his work. And it's uh, uh, as a fan of sort of John Wieners and Jack Spicer and all these people, just amazing to to, to read and sits um, so well beside beside their work
0: and exceeds it in many ways. Uh, You know, both uh, Zimthor and Brantley's works uh, deal with the importances of voice and performance. Um, As as you've uh, briefly mentioned, uh, Brantley writes too about the um, community that we imagine when reading. What what I've noticed um, about Field and um, others who've come across your work will also notice this, is that you write in Middle English. Um, is there anything beyond your studies that influenced that choice?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a kind of blend of maybe middle English and and tech speak, or I thought of it as kind of speculative, kind of like, um, if middle English went off the rails, if things had deviated and went a slightly different course, you know, my hope was that, um, less to embrace Middle English as some kind of corrective, you know, like we should all be talking like that or something um, as, a, as a way of highlighting the contingency of what we assume to be, quote unquote, normal spoken and written English. Um, but other things I was influenced by, absolutely. Um, I can think of uh, like Bill Bissett or Peter Orlovsky. There was this kind of like, um, childlike sincerity I wanted there too, you know, Um, something about spelling things um, in a kind of spoken way uh, appealed to me a lot, Um, uh, especially as a neurodivergent poet, something about that kind of like um, struggling to to even know how to spell words consistently is is there. And that's a part of it. Um, Yeah. uh, and I think there's just, yeah, a, a long, rich history too. Like, well, Stephen Jonas, for instance, also uh, often embraced this kind of spelling as well. Um, uh, trying to think of other people, I, I have shied away from it a little bit, but um, even someone like E.E. E. Cummings, um, uh, you know, uh, has that same kind of childlike hyper sincerity. Um, or Russell Atkins is another poet, who I like, who, who does some of that spelling stuff as well sort of high formal style.
0: So what are you currently working on in your writing, teaching or publishing life?
1: Yeah, so I'm in the midst of uh, the sort of dissertation research. Um, so, so that's kind of one big thing. I'm also teaching at uh, Randolph College as part of their low residency MFA uh, doing, you know, poetry readings and events here and there um, following the release of the year and other poems. Um, But mostly and and always, I'm just excited by the writing I'm working on right now. Um, I'm in the midst of a thread of poems, which sort of extended out of the year, started as this kind of tiny sonnet cycle that was part of the other poems of that, um, but just kept growing and growing. Um, And and they were different. They have a life of their own, Um, a little more praise-like, a little more joyful, Ideally, maybe the, the paradisical, Yeah, to the, to the infernal and, and uh, uh, you know, I don't know, purgation of, of the other two. Um, little canticles, you know. Um, to my mind, it's a kind of bookend to that. Uh, I'm also, incidentally, journaling for maybe the first time in my life. Uh, I, I always had great difficulty with that. Um, and uh, that's been exciting. Um, uh, I really had to read a lot of uh, uh, like authors, memoirs, and letters before I could figure out how to do it. <laughs> it was just kind of silly, um, but oh, well, I get it now. You can just write what you're feeling. Uh, very shocking to me. Um, but who knows where all this work will lead um, or if it will lead lead anywhere. You know, It's hard to say if things coalesce into a book. I. I have as many abandoned projects as I do ones that you know make it out but that's where I'm at right now.
0: And journaling always seems um more daunting than than we initially think and and I think um for writers particularly who who tend to be so self-conscious about what we put down (laughs) on paper it's um it's, it's difficult to um simply as you mentioned write what you're feeling and and accept it for, for what it is, mm-hmm. um, has, has your recent reading of um, Stephen Jonas Reader uh, influenced your, your decision to, to start journaling a
1: bit or? Um, actually the thing that really did it was uh, uh, the mausoleum of lovers, the, the wee bear. Uh, uh, yeah, translated by Nathaniel. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's what really did it for me. This like very notational Um, put everything in the book kind of, um, uh, I'm trying to not use the word obsessional, um, but you know, something like that, like insistent maybe, that kind of insistence. Um, Yeah, that's been really useful. You know, the strange thing is uh, with journaling is, I find speech to be so difficult and so kind of um, permanent in a way, and maybe this is back to, yeah, neurodivergence, maybe like, I, I just won't say something unless i practice saying it or said it to someone else before, you know. Um, but with writing somehow, because it can be in a little nook between pages that, you know, or between skins, animal skins or something. Yeah, that no one else will ever open. It has this like private non-performative element that I can give myself permission to be so much more associational. And um, uh, I don't know, I remember more. Yeah, that's been the curious thing. I'm remembering much more, uh, maybe too much. Just' has a little bit of the open the floodgates and oh no, I'm remembering what it's like to be a child again, the horrible thing, um, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been good. Um, I recommend it. If you haven't journaled, I recommend it.
0: I'll, I'll use that advice to prod me to get back into journaling. Because I nice. uh, to, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start an entry um, and then not write anything again for, for months. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not a habit um, that I've been able to stick to with age. Um, when I was a teenager, yeah. it was much easier. But now um, I, I find it much, much more difficult to to get back into it. But, but you've inspired me to try again and hopefully you'll inspire someone else (laughs) to get back into journaling
1: too. (laughs) Nice, I'm glad. Yeah, Uh, my my junior high self, I just wrote really, really like emo poems about spiders. very different. Uh, So yeah, it's it's a new experience for me, but maybe maybe I need to get back to that too. I need to write more spider-based poems. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Yeah, so journal or write a spider poem. That's my recommendation to the audience of home a day.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joss, for taking the time to do this.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.